online world this is off the record and Cheska and of course this is our 12th episode of my first season with off the record so Migs, it's been a crazy run and i i'm so excited i am personally excited for our season ender guest all right so of course uh, it has been really uh the talks of the sports world not just in the philippines but of course all throughout the world um 2020 tokyo olympics was on the corner at these asians device you know when you when you are a Filipino, when you are Asian, and you think to yourself, "Para uy yung Olympics sa Tokyo malapit lang sa Japan," then COVID happened, etc. Now it's postponed, but at the same time, our athletes, our national athletes, are still training their butts off, training everything, giving everything they've got. They're in Spar Laguna right now, and of course for the Olympic qualifiers, and still wanting to cheer Olympic dreams. Jessica, for you personally, uh, how big? is this for you how special is talking about the olympics for you i think for any athlete the goal is just to be able to represent your country and represent it well um and for anyone who covers these athletes obviously we want to see them shine we want to see them uh, in their element and there is nothing better for me as a sports broadcaster than to be able to tell these stories for them because obviously they'll be focused on what they need to do and it's our job to tell their stories for them and that's why i i mean obviously i was heartbroken when i heard about the olympics being postponed but you know what we we still have uh, a lot of things to look forward to um and for the athletes the work hasn't stopped the work never stops so that's what we get to talk about today because our guest has lived this. The, our guest has experienced um, her uh, athletic abilities to its fullest on the world stage and brought us all, like even if we weren't even part of that journey, like all of us felt that pride, all of us felt that joy watching her represent the Philippines. And speaking of being all over the world, of course, she is a three-time Olympian. She's been in Seoul. She's been in Barcelona. She's been in Atlanta, Georgia, 88, 92, and 96 Olympics. A legend in Philippine swimming and currently the president of Philippine Olympians Association. We have none other than Miss Akiko Thompson Guevara. Hi, Akiko. Good evening. Welcome Hi. to the Record. Good evening, It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. As we mentioned, this is our 12th episode. We are wrapping up um, my first season with Migs on Off the Record. So we couldn't think of a better way to, to close the first season uh, together with, of course, Miss Akiko Thompson Guevara. Uh, of course, now. We, uh, we were talking to you uh, before we went on air, and uh, we were asking about the uh, Philippine Olympians Association. And of course, um, we were all looking forward to the 2020 Olympics. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's been put on the wayside for now. But uh, over on your end, in the Philippine Olympians Association, what is going on for our athletes who are currently still training, still working towards that goal? Well, you know, the Philippine Olympians Association is, let me just, just background, uh, we, um, we're an organization, so all the Filipino Olympians, all 410 of them are members of our association, and we are not connected uh, with a PSC, we're separate from the POC, 
Philippine Olympic Committee. Um, but what we try to do is we try to just bring the Olympians together. We have a lot of outreach programs that we've done. And also we try to find ways to assist our Olympians however way we can. Having said that, so most of the people on our in our association are retired, but obviously people like Tina Hidalian are, um, she has been very active in our clinics in the past. So they're also there. I, I'm, you know, I'm actually hopeful. Uh, initially, I, I was kind of kind of unsure if, if uh, Tokyo would be able, if they'd be able to pull it off, with just just because of all the uncertainties. And then you you know, I'm sure you both read about uh, the sexist remarks by the head of the um, Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee. You know, but but it's but they 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 replaced it with a with an impressive woman who's a seven-time Olympian. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm really, quite honestly, very excited for our Olympians because actually, you know, East Olympics, I feel like we're, we're getting closer and closer uh, to that, that, that goal. Next. <laughs> now, uh, Akiko, uh, yes, yes, I'm here. Uh, sorry for that. I'm having just a little bit of trouble with my connection, but I can make it work. <laughs> Akiko, I just want to ask you from your perspective. Of course, uh, you've you you know lived a full life when it comes to sports and sports and being part of the Olympics. How special is it now being with this generation of Olympians, knowing that we have this kind of pandemic uh, with us? It's so unprecedented, right? But how yeah. how is your influence? Is the inspiration? What's going on? Of course, maybe you could tell us more perspective on that. Megs, you know what, it's, and the one side of me, you know, it, it's hard, the thought of it not taking place is heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. For someone like Hidlin, for someone like Kaloy, this is likely their very last game, just because the nature of their sport and Hidlin, this is, I think this will be our fourth Olympics, and, you know, it, it, it's just physically, mentally, everything, it's just so... Acting. And, you know, I, I know, and I think I, I've heard her interviews in the past. I think this will probably be her final um, Olympics. So, you know, it, 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 um, I was so, ooh, you know, just concerned. And, and, but, but at the same time, you know, what can you do? everyone's in the same situation and it's not like anyone's being singled out and but so, but, but having said all that I'm a, I'm a lot more hopeful now that it will take place and I'm so super excited you know it's uh, this delay can you imagine all the anxiety they've been through I mean just from from because everything you, you train months and years in advance and then you get this I know that it's canceled or it's postponed and, and, you know, you have to readjust and then you go back to training and, and, but now having said all that, it's just around the corner, build up, build up, build up. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just hoping and praying that, you know, the COVID numbers continue to go down, that the vaccination is um, cascaded and, and that the athletes are really able to, to compete because I'm so, so, so excited for our athletes. I think it's, yeah. There is, there is a wisdom that comes along with 
every uh, competition that you go through. Uh, you learn something in every competition and even more so when you hit the world stage um, and you made it to the Olympics uh, three times, you represented the Philippines and won eight gold SEA Games medals. Um, and you you are now obviously uh, the, the president of the Philippine Olympians Association for a good reason because you know what it you know what it takes to get there, you know what it takes to achieve certain things, and you know the price that you had to pay to be able to achieve those things. Um, if there is anything that you see with the current generation of athletes uh, experiencing this frustration, this uncertainty, uh, what, what advice could you give them to be able to just keep pushing past it? You know, we are just months away. And I know that they've been training so hard for so long and they just, you know, it, it's like crunch time. It, it, it's just, uh, you're at the finish line already. And I think it's good to, to, for, for athletes to remember that this, this time, it's a very short lived. An athlete's life is, is, is more often than not, unless you're doing golf or, or billiards or something, it's really our life. It, it's a short window of your, your life. And, you know, you want to, you don't want to go back and look back with regrets. So I, I would just, encourage them to, you know, continue to keep your eyes on the goal. Um, they're, 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 they're there. They're almost there. <clears throat> um, so. Right. Uh, Akiko, can you share to us maybe one or two stories that, uh, you know, because this COVID is very unprecedented and it's very incomparable to what the athletes are going through now. But if you were to pick one or two that can resemble to your experience that is similar to this. <laughs> is there something in my mind? You know, I, I I don't it's hard to no, it's a hard that's a hard answer for me to question for me to answer because I don't think this is the first time it's ever happened in the Olympics. I mean the games have been postponed in the in the past. It's funny, huh? it it was postponed in nineteen eighty, that's forty years ago because of the, the, the Russia, the war going on. And then 40 years before that, it was also, um, well, actually, I, I should take that back. In 1980, countries boycotted it. And, and the Philippines was allies, they were allies with the U.S. And so we also boycotted the, the 1980 games. But 1940 games also didn't take place because of war. But this is really the first time it's ever happened because of uh, uh, a virus, you know, uh, so that makes, I don't, I, you know, I, it, it's hard for me to actually think of an example because I feel like it really has leveled, uh, the playing field in the, in that sense that, um, everyone, every athlete is going through the same dilemma. Um, maybe in varying levels because some athletes, you know, they were perhaps scheduled to compete at a uh, qualifying competition that never took place. So, you know, there are different twists and turns, but I think, uh, yeah, this, this is really a unique, very unique. And so I, I sympathize also with, with the IOC and the organizers of these games because there's no, there's no playbook to go by. No, you know, there's, there's no, and, and if you have to think about all the, it, there's so many, people affected the advertisers you know there's so many different aspects 
All right. And of course, we have to say hello to the people joining us uh, on the stream. Uh, we have to say hi to Gab Ferreras and JP says hello. Gab actually has a question. By the way, guys, if you have any questions for Ms. Akiko Thompson Guevara, please send them over and uh, we can read them to her so she can answer them. Gab has a question for us. Uh, Lagi kita nakikita sa POC webinars. Um, is the POA currently helping Olympians in need during the crisis, especially uh, since one of the Olympians, Jacinto Kaiko, passed away last week? Yes, um, we, you know, I have to say, Gab, thanks for the question. Um, we, we try and help out however way we can. Um, the last, the first, um, Leopoldo Cerantes was the last Olympian that we, um, were, were able to give financial need towards. He, he, he just had his wife died. Then he was in the, ICU and it, you know and so we we supported them but I have to say you know we are not a um, no one funds us so we have to raise our our funds and we rely on also grants that we apply from uh, apply to from the World Olympians Association so we're not exactly swimming in in funds but we we certainly find ways to support our Olympians however way we can but. Yeah, I, we've the uh, POA. We've been bu busy as well with the. Um, we've really this past year, COVID. We've really tried to just continue to nurture our relationship with our different stakeholders. So that's the PSC and the POC, POC, and so that's the webinars is one of the fruits of that. You know, we uh, wanted to partner with them and see how we could collaborate more. And so we've been hosting um, biweekly. Uh, webinars with a POC. All right. Uh, Akika, I just want to get this from your uh, perspective. What was it like? Uh, can you compare the 88, the 92, and the 96? Was compare? All over Asia, yeah. Asia, Europe, and America. What was it like uh, for you during your okay. time? Yes, Meg, thanks for the question. You know, I have to say, at each game, my, I was looking at it from a different perspective, Diva, because when, in 1988, I was a young, I was, you know, so young, 14 years old, 13 going 14. Uh, so they did such an amazing job. I think that, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time that Asia hosted it. And, and, and Seoul did a fantastic job. Um, Barcelona, I was older. I was, you know, because in Seoul, I was just like, wow. Everything was so big, you know, I'm just wide eyed and kind of in disbelief in, in Barcelona. You know, I'm, I'm more mature. I knew, I knew what to expect. Uh, the games itself were beautiful. Uh, I mean, just because Barcelona as a city is such a beautiful city by the water and they as well, uh, there's just so much rich culture and, and, and I felt like they did a very good job, uh, executing those games. The Atlanta, uh okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let me expound on that because naman yung yung olympic village then was they housed us in a university dorm um so the, the olympic venue was was in a university campus so you might ask me in these dorms uh, they had no elevator they're like five flights and you know i i at that point, you don't want to be on your legs all the time, climbing <laughs> these stairs. And I don't know if you guys remember also, those were the games when um, 
that there was a bomb that went off. So there, yeah, but it, they, they did a good job, but not so much a highlight for me. <laughs> okay, of course, we, um, I, I have to bring up the 2019 SEA Games opening ceremonies. You came out as a flag bearer along with, oh my goodness, the who's who of Philippine sports. There was Akiko Thompson, uh, Guevara, Lydia de Vega Mercado, Eric Buhayin, Alvin Patrimonio, Bongku, Paeng Napomoseno, Onyok Velasco, Efren Reyes. And I remember watching this and I was basically crying and screaming at the same time because as a, as a child, I would watch these amazing athletes. Um, and each, each of you inspired thousands, if not millions of kids to pursue uh, even just try one of those sports that you represented. But it takes a lot of commitment and dedication and passion to reach the level that you guys on stage had reached. What does it take to be an... There's a difference between kids playing for fun. Obviously, it has to start at the grassroots level. You have a swimming academy. You, you've obviously imparted that wisdom to the younger generation as well. But there is a difference between playing for fun and actually training to become an Olympic athlete. And the difference is pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. Just going, we're going back. Yeah, Jessica, you know what? That opening ceremony was so, so special. I mean, it, it, it was just, because, you know, for us, we're kind of passe in that sense. And, and just to be included in, in, in it was very, I know it meant a whole lot for all of us that, was, that were there. There's so many other athletes that should have been there. Elma Muros, Bailey Carroll. Yes. You know, but because you couldn't put too many people there. So whatever. No, but um, but going back to your comment, you know, I have to say, Jessica, I started swimming for the pure fun of it. I had no aspirations of competing in the games, but the thing is I really enjoyed competing. I loved, I liked racing. And I was just very fortunate that all these wonderful opportunities opened up to me. I mean, I was invited to join the national team when I was 12. And, you know, I mean, how often does that happen? And I, you know, as scared as I was, I knew that it was, it was a once in a life opportunity. And, and I, and I, and I, I proceeded. And next thing you know, you know, I was um, training a lot harder with the national team, but it, competing internationally for age group competitions for the country. And, the, you know, so I say this just because um, it really, it wasn't something that I had set out to do, but, you know, as I proceeded, as I put in the hard work, all these wonderful opportunities presented themselves to me and I did the work it, and it was so painful. I have to say the difference really is the sacrifices that in, you have to make, especially as you go up that ladder you know, there's, there, there, there's just more things that you have to do, whether it be dry land workout, whether it be, uh, you know, competing abroad or training abroad, all those things. You know, my mom always jokes that I majored in, in swimming in college. I say, you know, everything revolved around my swimming schedule. So it, it really takes um, so much of you. It, it's like work. As, I, I'm sure you know, you're an athlete yourself, but um, it, yeah, it's painful. 
but it's so it's also just what a wonderful opportunity it's such a blessing and an honor to to represent the country and uh yeah so i i'm grateful i don't think i would ever go back uh i, I just for the sake of trying a different path but i i'm so thankful for for the journey uh before we move on to the next question just would like a just would like to give a quick shout out to my kuya, to my bro, Kuya Poch, <laughs> and of course to my favorite doctor, Doc Tolmi de La Paz, watching now, saying hello to uh, Miss Akiko and of course Jessica. Um, Miss Akiko, Miss Akiko, yes, now uh, maybe just uh, going for the uh, current poster of uh, uh, Olympians that we have now. I know that the first one was EJ Obiena, Irish Magno also um, qualified. That was pretty Kaloy, Kaloy Yulo, Kaloy Yulo. Um, What's the current situation of the other athletes now, given that there are some qualifying tournaments and a cancel? Uh, what's your status? Well, you know what? I like someone like Hidalin Diaz is a shoe in, obviously, but I'm not so sure like when her next competition is uh, for her to officially be invited to the games. But I think we're all pretty confident that she will be invited. Um, I, I know, like, you know, uh, the golfers, the two lady golfers, Seem to be are seem to be very close uh, as well to to making it, and I'm also very excited for skateboarding. Uh, Margie Didal, Margeline, because you know, this is the first time that skateboarding is ever being competed, and you know, I I, I I'm hopeful that she will do really well. It's it's a new sport, even for the uh, lady boxing, women's boxing. It's the first time that it's going to be. Um, included in the games, and that's I think the good thing about that is it, it, it's it's a sport that's still birthing, and so you know there's so much growth, and and the fact that we have such strong contenders uh, is 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 exciting. I know there's also judo and karate, but Migs, honestly, I don't know when when their competitions are scheduled. For for most of us, obviously, we only see what you guys do once you're in the competition, once there is a camera following you. We don't see the 4 a.m. wake-up calls, the twice-a-day trainings, and all of that. Um, at the height of your swimming career, what was a regular day? What was a regular week like? Oh, my God. <laughs> That is not a happy face. <laughs> you want, you want me to do <laughs> 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 I mean, Seriously, uh, you, you basically, it's, it's very routine, routinary. And that's why sometimes it can get so, uh, uh, well, basically you wake up, as you said, mga 4.35, light breakfast, go to the pool, swim for two hours, Go home, get ready, go to school, classes, go home, go back to the pool for either dry land or, or another swim session. And that's just, and then you go back. It's just day in, day out. So you can, you can understand how, you know, it, 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 it's physically taxing and it, it's also mentally. Because I think, you know, keeping that hunger and, and, and just the, um, yeah, the, the hunger alive, it, it, it's challenging. That's why I have so much respect for 
people like Hidalin and Paeng Nepomuceno, who was in the sport for so long, because keeping that passion alive is a very, it's, it's very hard to do in the long what, run. What I was, that was going to be my next question. Was it, was it easier as the years went by or was it harder to keep pushing yourself? Um, it, it gets it harder. It's harder, um, especially for me. I, there are many moments where, not many, I had, there are two moments where I wanted to retire. And this was in college, just because at that point, you know, I had been swimming for, I don't know, almost 20 years. And, and, you know, it was the only life I knew. And I was, I think I was just ready to move on. And, and um, also, you know, the, the negative, Sometimes you hear all these, you know, the negative stuff, and it 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 affects athletes too. But fortunately for me, um, while I was in college, you know, after talking to my coaches, we were able to make some adjustments and in my training regimen, and um, I stayed on, and I'm so thankful and grateful that I didn't retire when I wanted to retire because, as a result, I, I, you know, I, I rediscovered that last year of my swimming. I was a co-captain of the, the, my university, college, and I capped off my career at the 1996 Games. And I, that, that whole last year, I was able to rediscover the joy and the fun of swimming that I somehow along the way had lost. Agipo, hey? uh, uh, just a light question. Uh, of course, you are one of the few Asians, sorry, Filipinos rather, that competed in the 92 Barcelona Olympics. What was it like? Of course, there was a big fandom on the Dream Team. Did you get to see the basketball team, USA teams back then? Um, was it like... Was they it were... That, yeah, right? From all the documentaries, they were all there. Everybody was so hyped with the USA basketball team. You didn't have any personal recollection of that. No, because it's a village. Usually at the village, you see all the athletes. You, you know, that's, that's the, 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 the dining hall. Everyone's there. But they were at the hotel. I think they, they, they foresaw the, the height the that people, yeah, the clamor that people, so they, they, they didn't stay with the rest of the athletes. So no, we didn't. But no, I'm thinking of nice. The one I remember was 1988 when Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I think it was a hundred meter race. Ben Johnson beat Carl Lewis, which was an upset, a big upset. And so the the Canadian team in their their dorm room, they had this huge poster. It said Carl who in a big banner. And then, uh, and then afterwards, they found out that Ben Johnson, you know, he had a doping thing, and so they had to strip the gold from him, from him, and give it to Carl Lewis. And then the U.S. were like, Ben, who? So, um, what? Okay, so of course we've, uh, in more recent times, we we've seen Michael Phelps absolutely dominate. Um, but when the younger guard comes in, the new competition comes in. And when you were there in 88 uh, or in 92 or 96, was there a Michael Phelps in your, in there, your well, arena that you well, would look at and be like, I'm competing against this person? Well, in 1988, the East Germans were still there. And so they were really, you know, the East German ladies were, were big. And, and that was kind of like, wow, 
But in, um, I don't know if you remember uh, Matt Biondi. Those were the simmers back then. Janet Evans. Those were the um, the studs. I'm trying to think. I don't think you'll remember the the German simmers, Christine Otto. But yeah. no, I, you know, I have to say though, you know, a Michael Phelps type of simmer that doesn't come too often. I mean, no. I think the one the one. Uh, was wasn't it uh what's his name greg not greg luganis uh you know who I'm, mark spitz yes. was the only one and that was like 1972. all right Thanks. sorry <laughs> sorry for that i was waiting for my connection to come back but then right now akiko speaking of you know wonderful kind swimmers at least in your field uh at least in this in in, in your sport that very uh of course you grew you grew up at Grew up at, uh, at the same time, maybe for this generation. Um, who is maybe your bet to be as close as Michael Phelps, or maybe someone uh, that you see some potential? Ooh, uh, you know, I'm really bad with names, but I know there's a a, a female, Katie Ledecky. Yes. I I I believe she's still swimming. She was she swam at. Um, Stanford, and I think this might be her last uh, Olympics, but she has such a wide range. I mean, she's swimming so many different events, which is so impressive and, and at a high level. Um, but not in that Michael Phelps kind of, I mean, that, that, that's just dominant. In the, in the local swimming scene, of course, uh, have, you, have you had the chance to speak to the younger swimmers, to the ones who are uh, currently trying to get to, um, you know, uh, trying to attain what you were able to attain uh, during your career. I'm not, I'm not, I've actually taken a back step with swimming, so I'm not very involved with it anymore. But the one, one athlete that I've, um, I still remain in touch with is Jasmine Alcaldi, just because I, you know, I've seen her, I've seen her blossom from, a, you know, from the very beginnings to where she is now. And so I, I, I frequently just, you know, check in and see how she's doing. I, you know, I, I, it's kind of hard for, for our swimmers here who don't really have the competitions. They have to really find meet abroad to qualify. So it's a little harder for them. All right, uh, before we let you go, um, is there any, anything you want to tell the fans, uh, your supporters? Because honestly, every time your name pops up, people freak out. <laughs> Uh, there is a massive recall when it comes to Akiko Thompson Guevara, and um, it it says a lot. It is a testament to what you what you've done, what you've achieved, what uh, the way you represented the country. Uh, the fact that people still love you and rather revere you for oh. your achievements. So is there anything you would like to say to that community, to the fans, and to, of course, the kids who are dreaming of becoming uh, a world-class athlete like yourself? Well, I just want to thank you guys for having me here and just want to just tell the, the general public in, in, in general, um, just to keep our athletes in prayer, Encourage them however way you can. Um, they're so close to the finish line. And it's, I know it's been a very tough year for everyone, um, for everyone. Uh, but we're so 
it's just months away and, and however way you can support them, keep them in your prayers. I know it goes a long way knowing just having the, knowing that you have a country behind you full support is a big deal. It's a big deal. And to the young athletes out there, you know what? I really just encourage them to continue to dream big um, and, and just to continue to put in the work. If you, uh, I, well, first of all, I think it's very important that, 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 uh, that young people find what it is that they, they enjoy and, and just pursue it and see how far they can go. I mean, not everyone gets to go to the Olympics or to compete uh, for the country, but, you know, there, there is so much benefit and so much um, to be gained just in the pursuit of sports. I mean, just, yeah, so... To the, I think that's what I think that message really more is for the parents to get their child into sport. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Ms. Akiko. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. And I really can't think of a, way, a better way to end the first season of Off the Record with Meg Sanchezka. Thanks so Thank much, you. guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Stay safe and God bless. Akiko Thompson, goodbye. Off the air. All right. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're good. Thank you so much. Thank everybody. you. Talk to you again soon. Talk to you again soon. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. You too. All right, bye. All right. So, Cheska, um, okay. So, that was very informative. Of course, about their experience in the Olympics. And of course, what does it take to be, you know, uh, to be a world class athlete like her? And that's what I'm going to and of course, uh, thank you to everyone who joined us today. And thank you to everyone who joined us throughout this this first season of Off the Records with Mix and Cheska. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed every single episode that we uh, that we put out. But next week, as a season ender special, Mix and I will be doing something different naman. Okay, so ngayon nga po, season ender talaga namin to, 12 episodes. But for next week, we have a bonus we're, we're going to do something special. We've got a bonus episode, as you may see, because we're going to be airing next week on Kumu, courtesy of Podcast Network Asia. Yes. It's March 1, 8 p.m. We're going to be doing something live on Kumu on Podcast Network Asia's live stream platform that is via Kumu. And of course, if you want to, uh, of course, be with us. So discussions natin on sports and life, Migs, Cheska, anything about sports, please do register. Create Kumu accounts and see you there March 1 of the record with Mix and Shesta. All right. And with that, we bid you good night. Thank you again for joining us. And we will All see right. you again. I don't know. Hindi na siya. Hindi na siya. We'll see you on the next episode. Kasi. Magsi-season break tayo. Season na. Pero mag-next episode. Yes. Next. Special. Bonus. Yes, bonus. Yes. All right, so once again, this has been On the Record with Migs. And Cheska. And see you guys. In the next season. Next episode. <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. See you guys in the next episode. Stay safe. God bless. Bye.